Hello and welcome into episode 42 of the Stomp the Bus Show. I'm your host, Mark Harris, coming at you, uh, not live, on Thursday, June 15th. I can't believe we're already halfway through the month of June. That boggles my mind, but here we are. Solo episode today because Colton is in Hawaii enjoying his honeymoon. Congratulations to Colton and his wonderful wife, Sarah. Uh, so another solo episode for me, please. Like and subscribe on YouTube, rate and review on whatever podcast platform you use to support the show. Um, you know, I don't know, I don't know exactly how it supports the show, but I think it just gives me more visibility. So we can all enjoy the fun world of ASU athletics together. Um, so Ray Anderson made some interesting comments on the PHNX Sun Devil show earlier this week on Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to get to those in a bit, but I do want to go over some ASU news related stuff. Uh, for one, and I should have mentioned this on the last show last week, ASU is going back to Camp Tontazona uh, for multiple days um, this training camp. And for those unfamiliar, Camp Tontazona or Camp T as it's known among ASU fans is uh, a camp, air, you know, camp area with a football field. Uh, just outside Payson, Arizona, which is a very foresty, uh, forested area in northern Arizona. It's a place where a lot of people go on vacation uh, during the hot summer months, and it's a good place to practice. And uh, Dillingham was very enthusiastic about going back. I listened to a few interviews of him talking about that. Um, and he liked the idea of, you know, guys staying in uncomfortable booths and not having great or uh, barracks, I guess is a better term. Um, bunk beds, not having great cell phone reception, you know, kind of just having it, just kind of roughing it for a few days and how it's like a team bonding experience and how they'll, you know, they'll be telling their kids, oh, you know, back in 2023, I stayed at uh, Camp Tonazona and we didn't have cell phone reception, this and that. And so basically he, he likes it because of the team bonding element of it, which I totally get. And a lot of ASU fans really like going up there for the uh, final scrimmage. Uh, I went there once to cover it when I was at the state press back in the day and it was, it's a fun time. And so uh, personally, I don't like for me personally, I don't really have like any sort of like extra attachment to camp T, but, but the fan base as a whole does the fan base as a whole likes when ASU goes to camp T it's kind of one of the only traditional uh, things that kind of sets that's unique to ASU, you know, um, that there's just a, 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 a different way to watch them uh, practice. It's just kind of a different element to it. So issues going back and a lot of the fan base seems happy about that. And again, it's just a good, just good move by Kenny Dillingham to just do things that the fan base, you know, likes the ASU head coach to do uh, meeting with high schools in the Valley, going to camp T because uh, the reason why it's kind of a big deal that it was announced is because, they obviously didn't go for some of the COVID stuff. And I think they went last year, but I think they went up for just a day. And there have been ASU coaches in the past who didn't like going up to Camp T. So it's important for a lot of fans that they go to Camp Tonazona. Camp Tonazona. And I'm glad that Dillingham decided to go as well. Uh, sticking with ASU football, they picked up a few commitments this past weekend because they had a uh, recruiting weekend in Tempe. And before I go over the uh, guys they got, I love the 
And you can see retweets of this on the Stomp the Bus Twitter page. That would be at Stomp the Bus Pod on Twitter. Um, I love the pictures that they had for the recruits. And so they had them in black uniforms, uh, dark maroon helmets. And then they took it at night and they had these like gold uh, lit up scoreboards in the back that said, welcome to Tempe and activate the Valley. And, you know, I mean, every school has its unique twist to their uh, recruiting weekends but I just like that ASU kind of did it at night. I I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a cool element. The pictures of the recruits um, posing on the field just look really cool. So that's just one little personal touch I liked. But anyway, uh, ASU got three new recruits based on that. First is Colin Charles, who is a defense who no who's a wide receiver out of St. Martinville. Louisiana, that's ASU's second uh, Louisiana commitment of this class. So you can tell a lot of the Texas-based recruiters are really focusing in. Um, he was recruited by Rashawn Samples. Uh, so there you go. Um, really focused in on guys from Louisiana as well. We've talked about, or I've talked about this before. Louisiana is a, a good state for ASU to target because it's, even though it's the South, it's really not that far away from Arizona. Um in comparison to other Southern states, obviously like Georgia or Florida, or, you know, anywhere that's on the Atlantic where, I mean, obviously Louisiana is on the Atlantic in the Gulf of Mexico, but not all the way East. So it's not too far, uh, you know, from Louisiana to Arizona. And, you know, a lot of these three-star guys from Louisiana get undervalued because there's just so much talent in the area. And, especially in Louisiana, there's, you know, they all grow up, you know, dreaming of going to LSU, but they're, you know, LSU only has so many spots. Right. So um, I think it's a really smart strategy to go after those Louisiana kids. Another guy they got uh, is defensive end or defensive lineman, I guess, Mason Fleming um, out of Manville, Texas, which is right outside of Houston. Listed at like, I think he's 6'2", 250, um, which pretty good size. And obviously there's room for him to grow. Um, you know, I, again, I'm not watching breakdowns of, uh, you know, defensive linemen. Yeah, he's listed as a three-star on 24-7 sports, uh, 6'5 and a half, 250. So he's got the size. He's maybe not the tallest guy in the world. But it looks like, according to 24-7, ASU was his first Power 5 offer. So they 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 see him as a diamond in the rough. Um, you know, that's why you recruit lots of guys. But if he is a diamond in the rough, it looks like he at least has the, the size to do it. So another good pickup there. Um, the most interesting uh, recruiting commi uh, commitment they got – was from James Giggy, who is not really, doesn't really have much of a star profile um, because he plays in Prescott at Bradshaw Mountain High School. And interestingly, I saw this on Twitter from Chris Cartman of sundevilsource.com. He is the first 
Arizona recruit not from the Phoenix area to come to ASU since Ralph Frias in 2018, which is kind of a, it's, it's a weird stat. And basically that means ASU has done zero work in Tucson for that entire time, but it's all, it's also makes sense. I mean, there's very little just population in general outside of the Phoenix area in Arizona. So but, but but I did think it was just a cool little fact. And, you know, apparently he didn't have he's, – he's listed as a two-star on Rivals, uh, listed at 6'4", 245. So he's, he's got the size. Um, two-star on Rivals. But apparently at a recent camp they had, you know, they they liked the way Giggy played compared to everyone else that was there. And so they fig- – and, you know, I guess with that – logic they figured to give him an offer so happy for this kid you know playing in Prescott areas like that kind of get overlooked sometimes but uh this kid gets to stay in state and I think it's good for ASU to not just focus on Phoenix even though more than likely you know a lot of the players not in Phoenix or Tucson for that matter uh maybe don't have power five futures but you, you, you know you have to check and um i'm you know looks like they they found what they think is a diamond in the rough uh, especially by getting him in so early and you know this kid didn't have much of a recruiting profile so asu continues to do good uh good work on the recruiting trail there i've seen them at different spots whether it's 24 7 or rivals uh i think on rivals they're up in like the mid 30s so Mid thirties is not the ultimate goal for ASU recruiting standards, but if they finish this class in the mid thirties, that's perfectly reasonable considering it's a first year coach. I would expect them to be higher than that. Um, but you know, we'll see. And it, it at least shows that, I mean, compared to the last few years of the Edwards era where there was almost no recruiting even going on, this is much better. It at least looks like a run-of-the-mill Power 5 class at the very worst. So, uh, like the momentum they've got going, and it looks like, you know, there'll be more to come. Uh, Switching from the gridiron to the ice hockey rink, um, this came across my feed last Friday from Brad Elliott Schlossman of the Grand Forks Herald, which is in North Dakota. He's the college hockey reporter there. Um, I'll just read his tweet. From yesterday's column, Arizona State will soon officially apply to the NCHC. And everyone I talks to, I talk to, believes the Sun Devils are on track to become the league's ninth member. Most of you probably don't know what the NCHC is. Um, and, you know, I don't really know what it was either until... Uh, Our, you know, friend of the program, Andrew Bell, informed me that it's basically the best college hockey league. And so that's really interesting to me. You know, ASU's been an independent in hockey since they've gone D1. And that's, it's just a tough spot because, you know, you're kind of in an isolated area relative to college hockey standards and you're getting the program started up. But joining the NCHC just seems like such a smart idea for two reasons. One, it's the best college hockey league. You know, you have Minnesota Duluth is a power, uh, especially I'm saying that someone used to live in Minnesota. They are a college hockey power, North Dakota, 
huge college college hockey power. Um, Taves from the Blackhawks went there. I'm not a you know huge hockey guy, but I do. I I know a little bit. I know enough to get by in casual conversation. Uh, St. Cloud State, Omaha, Miami of Ohio, Western Michigan. These are all good programs. But the other thing I really like about it is Denver and Colorado College are part of the NCHC as well. So you actually have some level of geographic sense, if that makes sense. Um, you're, you're partnering in the league that has the two Colorado teams. So that's, you know, if you have to go on the road to both of those places, that's not that bad of a road trip. Um, you could throw an Omaha there too, although that's, I guess, a lot further. But you get my point is that of all the college hockey leagues, most are in the Midwest or East Coast. This is primarily Midwest, but two Colorado teams. And so it's a good one to join and it's a great league. And that should bump up recruiting too. So I like that um potential move since it's not official yet all right um itch my nose there um all right ray anderson spoke on the phnx sun devil show early this week on tuesday and if you're an asu fan who is hoping asu bolts to the big 12 you're not gonna like what he said <laughs> Uh, if you're a Big 12 fan hoping that ASU joins the conference, you're not going to like what he said because he pretty much said, we're committed to the Pac-12 and we feel confident in the league and yada, yada. I mean, that's that was what he said about it. And so this, you know, raises some questions, but it also confirms some things. Um, and I saw a tweet from Doug Haller about this matter. And basically he said, ASU's just been extremely consistent on its messaging about conference realignment. And I agree. They, they haven't really budged them in Utah have not shown any morsel of public outward consideration to leaving the PAC 12. Does that mean that they won't leave if the PAC 12 gets some horrible TV deal? I don't know. You know, I'm just a podcaster I do not know what the actual, you know, how the decision-making process would go if they get blindsided by a deal that they do not expect, or if a deal never even comes, then sure, I could imagine them leaving, but they have been, ASU and Utah have been very, there hasn't been any budging from them. Um, and they don't have neither fan base. Like Utah just doesn't want to go to the Big Twelve. ASU fans, it seems very, it just seems very split. Um, there are some that definitely want to go. I have friends that do not want ASU to leave the Pac-12. So, like I said, it's split. Whereas Colorado and Arizona, there's more fan base. Um, the fans are much more interested in going to the Big Twelve than perhaps the administration might be. So with Colorado, they have the familiarity there, right? Makes sense. It makes perfect sense why some of their fans or a lot of their fans would want to go back to the Big 12. Arizona, great basketball. It's all the, it's all the basketball reasons. Um, they want to be in the best basketball league. I can't blame them for that. Um, but with ASU and Utah, 
it seems like they are not at all interested in leaving. And really how you view Ray's comments comes down to what you think will eventually happen with the Pac-12. So if you think the Pac-12 is just no chance it's going to survive and Washington and Oregon are going to leave soon along with Arizona and Colorado, then what Ray Anderson said sounds terrible, you know, because it's like, oh, we're just going to stay here no matter what. Um, but I just, I just look at it. I, I'm trying to read between the lines on what's going on. Right. And it, if you're ASU, why would you ever leave the Pac-12 that has an Oregon and Washington in it? Okay. And I know there's a ton of, there's been speculation about Oregon and Washington potentially jumping to the Big Ten, but it seems like there's actually been nothing that's actually developed on that front, right? People just say, oh, they, Oregon and Washington will just leave to the Big Ten. It's like, well, does the Big Ten want them? Um, the Big Ten could have added them when they added USC and UCLA, but they didn't. And there's been a lot of reports that USC doesn't want, uh, particularly Oregon, in the same conference. So I'm just kind of, I'm kind of, it, I'm kind of confused why it keeps coming up that, oh, Oregon and Washington will just leave the Big Ten. I, I don't know about that. You know, I, I'm sure they want to, but if they wanted to, they, they could have left already. So, and again, who knows how all this is going to play out. There's so much that's going on behind the scenes, behind closed doors that tomorrow I could wake up and get a, the college football equivalent of a Woj bomb and dominoes fall and who knows what's going to happen. But it seems like ASU is not worried about Oregon and Washington leaving. And it seems like I could just tell by listening to Ray's voice, he didn't seem very like, stressed about the question or worried about how things are going to eventually play out. Um, and I think ASU, I, I just don't think ASU would, would leave the PAC 12 that has Oregon and Washington in it. Um, I don't think it personally, I don't think it makes sense for them to leave the PAC 12 that has Oregon and Washington in it. Because when people talk about, oh, Arizona and Colorado will go to the Big 12, and then there's a lot of, like, if this happens, then this will definitely happen, right? But it's like, okay, we don't we don't know how it's all, how the dominoes will actually play out. If if Colorado, let's say Colorado kick, kicks it off and leaves um, before the Pac-12 TV deal is announced. Does that mean does that mean Arizona will automatically leave? Does that mean Washington, Oregon will automatically leave? You know, I I don't know. That's my thing. And so it it, it it's kind of tough to just summarize all this because there's so many unknowns, right? Um, but the thing I keep coming back to is I just it feels like ASU knows that. Oregon and Washington are going to stay. And so, or don't maybe it, it just ASU. It feels like ASU knows that Oregon and Washington have tried to get to the big 10 and they haven't gotten there. And so 
Oregon and Washington almost have like no place to go when you really think about it. And so if they have no place to go, then if you're ASU, why are you going to the big 12 unless you absolutely have to? And if you, the only reason you would absolutely have to go is if there's a really bad TV deal, which there are a lot of people out there who think that it's like almost guaranteed that it's going to be a very bad, super under market media rights deal. But the thing I keep coming back to is I find it hard to believe that these university presidents would just be completely flying blind and have no sort of guesstimate um, of what the first school payouts will be. So even though the TV deal for the Pac-12 has not been officially announced, there, there are no hard numbers yet. Does that mean that they they are just like, oh, it, you know, we, it could show up on our desk Friday and it could be between 15 million per school or 35 million per school. I just don't think that the presidents are um, that misinformed about it. And he, recently, Arizona's president, Robert Robbins, he talked about uh, the, the, the clip that made a, or the quote that made a bunch of headlines was we haven't seen any numbers. Does that mean you haven't seen any hard numbers? Does that mean official numbers? Who knows? But in that in that whole interview, he also said, we, the Pac-12, expect to get the bronze medal in this uh, meeting behind the Big Ten and SEC and move on. That's And he said something like that earlier uh, around March as well. So, you know, there's, there's a good chance that Arizona's president doesn't actually want to leave. And it's um, maybe it's just... Maybe he adds in the we could be because a lot of these Colorado and Arizona, when they've had public statements, it's been, but we'll do the best for our school, yada, yada. Whereas Arizona State and Utah have been like, we're committed to the Pac-12, period. Um, and those are different statements, obviously, like I'm not going to deny that. And it definitely feels more likely that Arizona would leave than Arizona State, uh, which I covered in my last video. Um but if you just as an Arizona State fan, if you Utah doesn't seem to be going anywhere. People think that Oregon and Washington will end up somewhere in the Big Ten, but it feels like if they had gotten a Big Ten offer, they would have already left. Um, so I, that's kind of the thing with me. And I just don't think that. I feel like the schools have some kind of knowledge about it. And there's been some reporting on that too. You know, um, John Canzano, who's a Pac-12 reporter, he got, he got a quote from a president that said, we're, our, we're gonna make more than the big 12 essentially. So, you know, a lot of people, there's people out there who don't like Canzano because he's more of a Pac-12 guy, but he, it would be very, very irresponsible of the Pac-12 president who said that and John Canzano himself for him to report that and for the president to tell him that with, with, with the knowledge that it will be reported. So if, if it just completely wasn't true. So this makes me think that a deal is much closer than a lot of other people do. Um, and another thing that's important is it's the last day of the month that San Diego State has to inform the Mountain West they're leaving uh, before their 
exit fee is doubled. I forget what the official number is, but it's, I think it's like 7 million to 14 million or something like that. And 7 million, that's, you know, a, an athletic de department can make that up a lot easier than 14. So that's a very important date in this, but it, it may not be a hard deadline, maybe kind of a soft deadline. So, and look, I, I get how speculation um, grows and has legitimacy when in March, the, a lot of the Pac-12 presidents say, oh, this deal's coming, this deal's coming. And then it all gets pushed back. And now we're in June and we don't know. So I get where the skepticism, <laughs> skepticism grows um, regarding the Pac-12 TV deal. But I don't know. As a fan, I am, I am not like, there's some ASU fans who are worried about this, but I am not worried about everyone leaving and ASU being the leader of the new Mountain West or something. I think that is fear-mongering, honestly, because ASU is just too valuable for the Big 12 not to want. Um, that sounds kind of arrogant on my end, but why did the, I mean, the Big 12 has been courting ASU for about a year now, and ASU has shown very little uh, reciprocation of it. Same with Utah. And why would those, so I'm supposed to believe that the Big 12 just wouldn't want us now. They just wouldn't take us uh, if the Pac-12 doesn't get a media deal and everyone scrambles, you know, um, I just don't buy that. I just don't buy that the Big the Big 12 is like going to say no if ASU comes looking bad and, you know, comes comes back to the Big 12 with its tail between its legs and saying, hey, we misjudged the Pac-12, can we get in? I really doubt the Big 12 is going to be like, nope, close the door. We don't want the Phoenix media market at all. We don't want that. We have that fully covered with Arizona. They don't. You can't if, – if you want the full Phoenix media market, you need to get ASU. So you can get a little bit of it with Arizona. But if you want the Phoenix media market, you need to get ASU. And so, you know, it sucks that we have to talk about media markets and all this, but that matters – to the conferences. And so that's why I'm not worried about ASU, even, even if Crow and, and Ray Anderson, it's really Crow, by the way, uh, misjudge this, which is very, Michael Crow misjudges a lot of things when it comes to sports. So I'm not, you know, fully confident that ASU is, or that the PAC 12 is going to get this awesome deal, but it does seem a little more likely based on recent reporting. Um, if it, if it doesn't happen, I just doubt that Brett Yarmark and the Big 12 are going to be like, oh, we actually don't want you because you weren't quite as interested in us through this past year as Colorado and Arizona. It's like, okay, well, congrats on that, adding two of the worst football programs in the Pac-12 and not adding Utah and Arizona State. You know, Utah wouldn't like this move either. They would be even more embarrassed about joining the Big 12. But if the Pac, like, I, I, I think they would if the Pac-12 completely implodes. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm not worried about ASU getting relegated to the mountain West or anything like that. Um, and another reason for that is some of these other schools that the big 12 is courting, uh, I've talked about UConn. I don't think UConn's football team is good enough, um, to warrant basically the addition of their basketball team to the conference. I know the basketball matters, but it doesn't matter the way football does. 
Um, and UConn's football program has mostly been a joke. So the fact that they're kind of pivoting towards them and ASU and Utah are being mentioned less, that tells me that ASU and Utah have told them no and not that the Big 12 is turning them back. You know, I just I just don't buy it. And then another very interesting thing that came out um, this past week, I would say, it kind of unfolded over a few days, was there was a report that Brett Yormark visited the Memphis um, campus, University of Memphis, to speak with school leaders, uh, maybe some government officials and all that. And then ESPN's Pete Thamel said, hey, uh, Brett Yormark has, was, had not visited Memphis and that's it. But then you have Memphis columnist, uh, Jeff Calkins, who works for the local newspaper there. This is on June 9th. He, he tweets, regarding the current tizzy over the Big 12 visit to Memphis. It wasn't our story, but we're not going to refute the original stories because, well, Brett Yormark was here. And it's increasingly clear how badly people didn't want that to be out. So the Big 12 is basically embarrassed by the fact that they got caught with Mem caught with Memphis um, based based on the reporting that we've seen. You know, why would they be so adamantly saying, hey, we weren't at Memphis if they didn't want it to get out? So clearly they were there. And to me, this this feels like a contingency plan if Colorado and Arizona don't come. So this idea that the Big 12 and, you know, tying this all back to ASU, this idea that the Big 12 is going after UConn and Memphis, but if ASU, you know, hasn't been quite as friendly with them, this whole saga, this whole over the past year, then they're just going to be like, no, we don't want you, you know, like they're going to act like a spurned high schooler. I just don't buy that at all. A ASU is a bigger football brand than both of those. Um, makes more sense regionally, especially uh, compared to UConn, my word. Um, and so that that makes me think that the Big 12 is less confident in getting any of the four corner schools. So again, we'll see how this plays out. But if you're an ASU fan and who heard the Ray Anderson comments saying we're committed to the Pac-12 and you were scared that it's going to leave them behind in college athletics and we're going to be in the Mountain West. To me, I just I just don't have that fear. Um, because for two reasons, for one, I think the Pac-12 is going to have a, you know, decent media deal in comparison to the Big 12 and the Pac-12 will move along for, you know, however many years the deal signed and then we'll go through all, all this again, you know, maybe in 2030 or something. Um, so there's that option or the PAC 12 does, you know, blow up, implode, whatever word you want to use. And if that happens and somehow, you know, maybe UW and Oregon go to the big 10 at a super reduced rate or something, then I think ASU would go to the big, big 12. And I don't think the big 12 would turn them down. I just don't. So, because they seem to be really interested in ASU for most of this whole month or this whole past year, along with Utah. And now that it seems like both schools are really 
saying, hey, we're, we're not going to join the Big 12. It seems like they, they just kind of moved on, which I understand. But I, I, I just doubt the conference that really wants UConn and Memphis is just going to turn down ASU and also, you know, by extension, Utah, just because their feelings were hurt. You know, this is about money. And so guess who has more money combined, ASU and Utah or UConn and Memphis? Uh, the second or the first option. So We'll see, you know, look, I, and look, I understand why fans are uh, extremely skeptical of Michael Crow and Ray Anderson when it comes to athletics. I do. And if anything, they've, you know, I'm not going to get into all of their uh, mistakes along the way, but I just, I just find it hard to believe that ASU, it'll, it'll be ASU step behind with Oregon state, Washington state, and the Bay area schools, and you know, some mountain West schools as well. I just, I don't know. That doesn't that 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 just doesn't always seem believable to me in the whole at, at like at the at the end of all this, you know. So I could be, you know, I say whenever I'm talking about conference eleven, I will always stipulate I could be wrong. Okay, it's like I I'm, I don't have any sources. I don't, you know, I've never been in a TV executive office, and I've never had any sort of you know high end uh, higher education experience, but. When you just look at all this stuff, you look at the recent report of a Pac-12 president saying we're going to beat the Big 12's number. Uh, there was a Regents meeting at Washington State where uh, school president Kurt Schultz basically said the number is going to be flat with the current uh, media distribution per school that the Pac-12 has. And that, that that includes the L.A. schools. And it's basically it's around like 32 million. So if it's flat, then um that would be good and the conference would stay alive. Again, it would be much lower than the Big Ten and SEC, but we're, everyone knows that at this point. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. Um, as an ASU fan, I'm just not worried about getting left behind in the Mountain West. Because um, in spite of what Ray Anderson said, the Big 12 is always going to be there. And I doubt that they're going to turn you down. All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, please like and subscribe rate and review. And as always, go devil.